And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort Donna Dort Donna Dort This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk This is Kobe and I'm down to dunk I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Crackling Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm going to hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. couple things for you guys. Fassler Hall, June 23rd from 6 to 10 p.m. is going to be our draft party. Be there or be square. You don't want to be caught sitting at home trying to talk to your dog or to your wife or to your kids about why you really like what they did at 12 or the trade that they made to get to 7 or whatever it is or how you think Chet Holmgren is going to fit with SGA. You need to be somewhere with people that know what you're talking about. And even if you don't know, man, I don't know anybody that's going to the party. I promise you, just find a table, sit down. You are going to find people that love the Thunder just as much as you do, and you're going to make a friend. So just join us. It's going to be great. It's going to be such a fun time. Uh, Fassler Hall is going to be popping. They're going to have proper bartenders and chef cooks and everybody in place to make sure that you get fed and that you get your drinks that night. You can also try the dream scenario if you have not had that yet. So... Please come out. And also, if the person who travels the furthest is going to get a prize package that includes something from Lively Beer Works, who made the dream scenario, and then you will also get, we're making two brand new Down to Dunk shirts, and you will get those for free. So, wow, join us. We've got people, I know we have people traveling from, from far, so... Um, we may even have to hand out more than one prize if, if people are coming from way far away, but it's going to be great. Uh, with me, as always, is Michele Barrett. Michele, what's up, man? Well, first of all, I really like the order uh, that you put dog, wife, and uh, children in likelihood that they will <laughs> listen to you uh, talking about basketball because I think yeah. it's it's actually very, very precise. I think you're right. I mean... Um, <laughs> I try to discuss pick and roll with my kids every single day, but no luck so far. No uh, wife at least tries to and, and just nods. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. She I can hears see her you. There. She Dogs wants to stay there. She, yeah. I can talk to her and say whatever I want. Um, she's half asleep most of the time because she's old, but you know, she's good company. So <laughs> this is how I will watch the draft and probably in the basement with my dog. So yeah. I can relate. <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, shout out to, uh, let me get the name right, Lars 
Eya from Norway. He wants to come to the draft party. I was in Norway two days ago. It's a beautiful country, a very weird one, but beautiful nevertheless. Yeah, the pictures were unbelievable that you sent us. Um, another thing is that there's another Down to Dunk draft party forming in Scottsdale, Arizona. So we have some Down to Dunk listeners that live in Scottsdale. So if you're wow. anywhere near the Scottsdale area, they're hosting their very own Down to Dunk party. Okay, It's at Backyards. It's an Oklahoma Sooner bar in Scottsdale. They, it'll be June 23rd at 4.30 p.m. So join, and we will have some more info about that in the next few days as well. So, McKelly, we've got a trade. We have an emergency pod of sources. This is a scheduled pod, but it's an emergency one because the Thunder have traded for for Jamichael Green and a protected 2027 first-round pick. Oklahoma City is sending the 30th pick in this year's draft and two future second-round picks. So... What this is, is one, it's not the Thunder thinking that Jermichael Green is the finishing piece to a team. It is the Nuggets needing some cap relief mm-hmm. and the Thunder having cap space to just take in his almost $9 million, um, or it's an $8.2 million contract for 2223 23 And it's, this is, to me, I really like what they did because the 30th pick in this year's draft ain't worth a whole lot to OKC. One, they don't have a ton of roster spots. They're going to have to eat a contract at some point. However, this allows them to kick the can down the road to 2027. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the Nuggets look like in five years? Yeah, That's what they're forecasting. Is like, what do the Nuggets look like in five years? Odds are they're not going to have the best record in the league. Because only one team can have that. Okay. The Thunder happened to get a pick from the team, and that's they didn't anticipate this Suns pick being the 30th pick when they traded Chris Paul. And so it's almost like a redux <laughs> of that pick. Yeah. Just like, well, that didn't work out like we wanted. And instead of just making the pick, you kick the can down the road to 2027, you probably get a better pick in all likelihood. Like the odds are that it's going to be a much better pick than the 30th pick. And you take on some money of theirs, and it also really emphasizes that 2023, the summer of 2023, is so important for them to have financial flexibility then because his money will come off the books, Favors' money will come off the books, and Kemba Walker's deal will come off the books, and you'll have a completely clean cap sheet. A lot of people have speculated that, oh my gosh, the Thunder could be a team to just take on Russell Westbrook's contract, and here's how they do it. Or here's the Thunder to take on Tobias Harris to save the Sixers from themselves, or they'll be able to take on whoever. And this slams the door shut on anything like that happening. And it was honestly, it was already shut to begin with. Yeah, People just didn't understand that the summer 2023 is targeted, circled, however you want to phrase it. Sam has not he's been very direct about it when he's talked to the media is that yes. it's a new CBA. They want to have a completely clean cap sheet. This is where maybe the rebuild starts to turn into something else, mm-hmm. but that's what this deal is for. And also in 2027, the thunder are hoping to be a very good team and a pick 
in 2027, just to have one, just to have an extra first rounder, it doesn't mean they're going to select somebody at 25 that year. They might, but that's when you want to have picks to trade because if you can take two first rounders, you can turn that into a starting center. You can turn that into a starting level forward. And I know it's hard to think about right now. It's like, we got another late round pick like in the future. Like I might be dead then. I don't know what's going to happen. Like I understand why people feel that way. But when this team is good, when this team was good, they only had their own picks to trade. Like they yeah. traded a, they had to trade a first round pick to get Dion Waiters. You know, they had to trade for which looking back. That was not a good trade. Not great. But if you have a surplus, you can get something better than Dion Waiters next time around. You can yeah. you can make a trade for somebody that makes a meaningful difference on your roster then. And that's what those are for. That's what those are going to be for. Drafting the guy at 30 who's going to be competing with a mess of guys that are in that like I'm as good as the 30th pick range. They have like five or six of those guys on their roster right now. Yeah. There's really no point in stacking like mediocre talent. Now, 2 and 12, yeah. That's that's important. And also, why would they trade 30 instead of 34? Well, 34 you can con- control the contract a lot better. You could put some non-guaranteed money on a deal at 34, which is like Tail Maladon could be waived this summer. Because he was a second round pick, um, because he has non a non guaranteed deal. So, um, long winded way of saying like this is another like forward thinking Sam thinking about how am I going to manage this team and thinking about like how did I manage the team when they were good in the past and what did I do wrong? Well, if I can stack picks for like the next five years, it's going to help me down the road. Um, so, anyways, what, what were your thoughts when you first saw the trade? I mean, first of all, I got it wrong the first time. Um, and I thought that the second rounders were, like, coming in, uh, which is, yeah. wow, that seems a lot. Uh, awesome. Um, but even if they don't, uh, and it, apparently it's OKC sending out, sending out two second rounders, um, A, we need to see the protections mm-hmm. on everything before we really evaluate the trade. Of course, if it is, if it's... Um, top 25 protected first and you have unprotected seconds it seems like a trade where OKC extracted very little value I don't expect that to be the case because I mean it doesn't make too much sense but you still retain the value of first rounder now I think that if you are OKC you do that trade only if you see upside in that in that pick in 2027 we don't know anything so we'll see how it it comes up mm-hmm. but i guess that this is a value play by presti um where he gets something where that is either a good assets asset for himself or the team itself or a tradable assets and yeah. like a top 25 protected pick it's not really value um and then you need to see like how it rolls uh because if it's a, a pick that rolls two years or three years, then you start thinking about the pick that may be very interesting going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is uh, the value of Jamichael Green himself. I don't think that he is a bad player at all. Maybe he's not worth another first rounder. I don't think so. Um, but there are teams that might be willing at the end of free agency 
to take someone like him. Yeah. Like a team like Portland, for example, they have a good trade exception. Um, maybe if if it costs them nothing and they of course they don't want to do it now. They don't th- this is the reason why uh Jamichael Green was not traded later in free agency. Mm-hmm. It's it's because everyone who has a trade exception right now wants to use it on a player that is better than Jermichael Green. Right. Denver has no intention to wait. Uh, they like uh, having a, uh, another first-rounder now, which may help them trading up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but OKC has time. They don't, they don't have a deadline in terms of salary. So if Portland at the end of free agency says, hey, would you mind giving him for a protected second? Sure. Yeah. Take him. Take him. Take him off our hands. Take him. You might even it's, just it's, you might even just trade him there for a top fifty-five protected pick just to because you have to trade something back just to get him off the roster. <laughs> like honestly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, Portland doesn't have to 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 do anything. And yeah. if if you if someone takes favor instead of him because someone needs him a little bit more, yeah, you can just sure. play him as a veteran in OKC and maybe by the deadline. Either he really works and you are in a very good spot, or you can flip him. Yeah. So or I, he just I expires really think... at the end of this year. Is I mean, there's this is yeah. like there's no harm in having him on the roster too. Uh, Alex Spears just tweeted out that there's here's seven teams that have a trade exception where they could just take him. Yeah. Celtics, Nets, Mavericks, Pacers, Clippers, Blazers, Jazz. There's a world where a lot of those teams, in fact. Even all of those teams could use a guy yeah. like Jermichael Green, who is a pretty good three-point shooter, decent rebounder, decent defender, just like a a nice bench big is what is what he is. For OKC, he is the reason you got the pick, <laughs> essentially. He is yeah. the reason that you did. And I'm so, so interested to find out what the protections are in this pick because that will that will tell us a lot. Right now, we don't have the details yet. They haven't mm-hmm. been released. And, you know, if this is like a lottery-protected pick, like, that's pretty good. Yes. Because it's really unlikely with Jokic signing a, another massive deal with them soon that they're going to ever be like a horrible team. But could that be the 20th pick? Like, hey, it could be the 20th pick. Look at LA. Yeah. They are the... Well, and, and, any, and they just lost their GM, by the way. The Nuggets yeah. just lost their GM, and they are becoming a, a team and a franchise that's unwilling to pay. You know, yeah. and this was a. There's not a ton of deals like this that happen, but this was a. Our owner doesn't want to pay for this roster move, is what it is. Because Jermichael Green can still help somebody. You know, yeah. in fact, like if he stayed on the Thunder, he'd play and he'd help them this year, which is yeah. why I would like to punt him to the Mavericks. Come on. You, you can't start taking the tanking stance on June the 30th. Uh, the 13th. My flag has been planted for years now, McKelly. What do you mean? Yeah, it's time It's time to remove it. It's not. It's, it is, it's it is absolutely not. It is hopeful no. about no. what can happen next season because you might see something blossoming slowly but surely. Hey. And Maybe a veteran or two will not drug the season, but they will help along the way. 
The seed is planted. It's planted. I don't know if it's even going to poke its head out of the ground yet, but it's planted. It's good. I, I want them. Listen, I want this team to be good. I do. Yeah. Just don't be the guy who over, like, you know, when, when, you, when you're growing plants uh, in your yard and stuff like that, like tomatoes, there are guys who are very aggressive in, in cutting everything. Like, no, this, this is not for you. No, it isn't. You risk of cutting the good ones if you do it too much. So, but you know where, where, where I am. I'm a great, uh, I, Hey, I know. I understand. I just think, especially with some of the news that came out this week, and I honestly... Like we can we can shift to the Shaden Sharp stuff. Um, if you get Chet and Shaden on your team, mm-hmm. that's like Tank Town, baby. That is that is where I completely disagree. Like With Shaden I Sharp, strongly, he didn't play competitive basketball in statement. so long. And 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 to Nathan Creamer and Hoopstock sixty nine, hey, getting Jamichael Green and playing him is not pushing that. Freaking battle. That's it's, not it's, it. No, it's not pushing a freaking button. But playing him when you could be playing some guy that needs to develop is yeah. it's not a friggin' button, but it's a button. No, it's not. It, it's really not. It's it's, it's competent. Just having, That's the thing, it's like having competent. functional we, players around, yes, which is the point of having and running an NBA team when you They have plenty of those clearly, guys, McKellar. They have plenty of those guys. They have plenty. That's fine. It's fine. They got plenty of them. They don't need to add any more competent yeah. guys yet. We're yeah. not ready for but it. But my point is, my point is, if you have Chet, do you agree that if you play Chet twenty-five minutes a night, uh-huh. he is miles, like is a ton better of the collection of players that were centers in OKC's last last season? Like yeah, yeah, Yakite. Um, <laughs> I mean, Roby. Diakite. Yeah, Diakite. Then Dia- he played seven or more games. Like yeah. that's that's insane. Kalatsakis, whatever. I mean, I, I I'm trying to yeah. to forget the number of centers that I saw playing in in an OKC jersey last season. And Chet is three times better than anybody. He is. Um, he is. Then I- you you add a full season of Shea and Giddy. Mm-hmm. Then you add a guy. Uh, that may be terrible, uh, but it, it is unlikely that Shaden Sharp is more inefficient than certain players that played in OKC at the wing position last year, named Darius, Bas- Darius Baisley or Alexei Pokushevsky. We don't know that, though. He could be... I mean, below Baisley in terms it's of po- efficiency or Poku? Bro, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it is possible. There is, yes. there are, I have heard from more than one person that Shaden Sharp has looked terrible in these workouts like fantastic like Danny plays 15 minutes not good and one I wonder you have to sift through okay so what does that mean you know does that mean that Shaden wants to fall in the draft it could does it mean that he's not a good player it could mean that too I don't know I I can't sift I, I don't have enough information to sift through, to say that he is good or not. I don't know. I have no idea. This has like been the whole thing with Shaden Sharp this whole time, is mm. that we just don't know. And, the, and feed, feedback, 
that is like floating around out there. You know, it, it is this information has gotten to me in multiple from multiple people from multiple different places. So they're hearing it from more than one team. That oh my gosh, like Shaden has been bombing these workouts and bombing these interviews. And him the the 12 thing, the, the ESPN thing might be real. It might mm-hmm. be totally real. He might fall he might be falling because it's just like man, he's just not very good or he just holy smokes, like this guy needs so much more time than we're ready for. And you can look at you can go down the list of teams in the lottery and if the honestly if the Pistons don't take him, the bottom drops out. You know, like maybe the Spurs would be willing to take on a long-term project, but yeah. the word is that the Spurs want a big, and they want one of those two bigs. Whether I would guess it would be Duran. And right away on Duran, uh, shout out to Sport Fan Four Hundred Five mm-hmm. by asking a question on Vicenis Pod uh, about the similarities between Jalen yeah. Duran and and Time Lord. Yeah. It was a good question and yeah. a great answer. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the the bottom could drop out here with the shade and sharp stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I could see him getting to twelve. I mean, that would be that would be ideal if the Thunder really do want to acquire him. Obviously, it's ideal that you don't have to trade anything <laughs> to get it. There's, yeah. no, there's no question about that. But I. I would just say, and let me, I'll just read what it says. I'll, let me read the report so people understand. So this came from ESPN. They put out this piece about Oklahoma City um, that was a mock draft, and it just included like this little, these little tidbits about Oklahoma City and what they're doing with their rebuild. So as the Thunder picking Shaden Sharp at 12, it says, Sharp is conducting competitive three-on-three workouts for most but not all of the teams picking in the top 10, with his floor likely being this spot with the Thunder who will be getting a visit and have studied him more closely than any team in the NBA. Sharp dropping to 12th on draft night would be surprising, but not unimaginable. Not every team picking in the 5-10 to 10 range has a great handle on what Sharp's game is, and not all would be willing to give him the freedom and reps he needs to learn on the fly and make up for the experience he missed by skipping his senior year of high school and opting not to play at Kentucky and heading straight for the NBA. Sharp's camp also doesn't sound overly concerned with where he's picked, preferring to take the long-term view and steering him to an advantageous development situation in which he can maximize his significant potential and become an all-star, with the Thunder being at the top of the list. So if you haven't seen that, that's been all over Twitter, all over Reddit. It's been everywhere. Everybody's been very excited about Shaden Sharp. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably listened to like three podcasts about Shaden Sharp already. It is entirely possible that he drops to the Thunder. I'm not fully convinced that the Thunder are going to be the team that takes him. All of this sounds like it's coming from Shaden Sharp's camp. Mm -hmm. And that may just be wishful thinking for them because they have seen firsthand, because remember that the guy who is handling everything for Shaden was Shay's guy. And so they have, there's insight both ways that a lot of people, a lot of teams don't have, is that your star player in Oklahoma City has a tie directly to the guy who is managing Shaden Sharp's career for now, 
and is telling them like, hey, listen, like Mark Dagnall's great. Um, I love working with Sam Presti. I love this team. Um, the fact that Shaden and his camp have the Thunder at the top of the list should tell you a lot of should tell you a lot of things. It should tell you that anything about Shea Gilders Alexander not being happy in Oklahoma City is just complete and utter bull. Mm-hmm. Because if he wasn't happy here, do you think that the guy who used to rep Shea and that is now repping Shaden Sharp would want him here? Absolutely not. Mm. Also, there is information going back and forth between the Thunder and Shea and Shea and his reps. And I mean, that's what's happening here. And they have access in a very unique way that the other teams don't. And at this point in the draft process, agents and teams, uh, agents will, will steer their players to whatever teams they want that with regards to information, workouts, medicals, all of that. And the Thunder are getting all of that stuff from Shaden. And they're saying, please take a look at all of it. Like let, please like consider taking him or put yourselves in position to take him. Like that's what his representatives want. What we don't know is if the Thunder look at the Shaden Sharp situation and say, hey, this is, this is great. He's super athletic, highly thought of. He's essentially like, this is a pre-draft player. That if he, were like in next, if he were in next year's draft, he would be in the class of all the guys that we are falling over ourselves about. We have the chance to get number two pick, whether that's Chet or Jabari, Paolo, Char- I mean, whoever it is, who cares? But you, then you also have the chance to pre-draft somebody that's going to take some time. But he could yeah. be thought of as like the fifth, the fourth or fifth best player in next year's draft after year of college. So let's bring him in now. Like I can see the logic there. Like you can tie it there. And if the interviews go well, if the medicals look good, if they like the kind of kid that he is, if he brings the work ethic, uh, because Jer- Jeremy Sohan, no, Jeremy Sohan came in. And he talked about how his workout went with OKC. They essentially just wore him out. And they kept pushing and pushing and pushing him to see where he mentally was. Like, mm-hmm. let's try to break this kid in this workout and see how he reacts. If Shaden Sharp passes that test, get him in here, like, right away. And he may not work out like that for other teams. You know, I mean, it is a convoluted, it is a tough situation. It's a situation that I would not want to be in. Because I, if I were put on the clock with the information that I have about Shaden Sharp, I'd say, heck no. No way. Don't do it. But that's because I don't have enough information. I don't mm-hmm. have enough information. Hoops House 69 just said, just take swings, baby. There are a lot of other swings to take is the thing. that There's a lot of guys to like in this range. Shaden is definitely the biggest swing. But man, and, and the good thing is, with Oklahoma City is that they have the information necessary. And that's and that's kind of all I wanted to all I need to know. Is like do the Thunder have access to all the information necessary for this player? And it seems like they do. And if they're if they end up leaving June 23rd with both Chet and Shaden Sharp, boy, I'll tell you, that's going to be the one of the most exciting nights in Thunder history. What whether or not it works out, I don't know. Like, I have no clue whether that's going to work out. You may, I mean, you could walk out with a guy that's like the talent level of 
Anthony Davis and Zach Levine that night. And then your rebuild is almost done. <laughs> it's almost done. Or you could walk out with a guy that's the caliber of Anthony Davis and Gerald Green. And then you're like, okay, cool. But we still, we've got some things to work on here still. Um, so there's just, it's, it is highly interesting. The whole Shade and Sharp stuff is, is fascinating. It's captivating because there's so much mystery behind it. I completely agree with the mystery. I just, I don't know. Um, I don't have data to make, to base there's, my there's opinion none. on. There's none. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and I think that even in terms of upside, I struggle to understand. And I know that I'm, <laughs> I'm hijacking the pot here. Do it. But I, I still think about AJ Griffin being the fourth slash fifth best prospect in this draft. Mm -hmm. And I know that there is many things that, uh, that have been said about AJ and his defense and stuff like that. But then I heard like a lot of other prospects like, hey, yeah, this is, yeah, maybe Shot will, will be okay. Maybe the defense will improve a little bit, but this is the making of a great NBA wing. Then yeah. you see AJ Griffin, yeah, the shot is great. Yeah, he has the pull up. Yeah, but the defense. Okay. But like, we are discussing two players that have basically the same age, mm -hmm. Sharp and Griffin. Yeah. On one, you really know that he is a shooter, will be a shooter. And Griffin's younger, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they are the same year, right? Mm -hmm. They were they were born in the same year, mm -hmm. um, 2003, which is insane. But that, that's yeah. another topic. We are like getting that. old. Um, and you have the mystery of the fact that once upon a time, Griffin was a crazy good athlete. Mm -hmm. He got an injury. He put on weight, which is not uncommon to to work on your muscles to protect your knees when you have an injury. Mm -hmm. And then you slowly shed weight uh, and you get back into form. This is something that B did. This is something that like many players do. Um, and now like one is, hey, let's swing. Well, let's swing for this. Let's swing on AJ's defense because the offense is a sure thing. He hey. may be the best shooter in how, this draft. How much of your how much of your hype is uh is based on how good he looked in that Blazers video and photo? I I didn't even look at that at that video entirely. <laughs> like he looked to me, like he looked physically different than he did at Yeah, Duke. he was it was slimmer. That yeah. that is something. But but I expected that. Yeah. So in my mind, when I see Griffin out there defending the point of attack and I see players beating him up off the dribble, I see a guy that is too close to the defender for his foot speed, mm -hmm. which is something that you can really work on because it's a positional kind of thing. I, I think that Griffin wants to be there because once upon a time he was able to keep keep the, the guy. Mm -hmm. It's basically when you, you get old and you cannot stay really close so that you leave a little bit of space and then you move. Mm -hmm. So I can't shake this from the top of my head and I don't understand why he's so maligned 
and he's talked like, yeah, and then there's Griffin. I think that we have to talk about him. Come on. He's as, like, he's 6'6". Six, six. He has an amazing body. Yes, he had a few issues with his knees, but not terrible issues. And we know that he's a shooter. Mm-hmm. On the other end, with Sharp, we don't know anything. Um, so I, I really don't understand this, to be honest with you. And um, I will probably be extremely wrong on him. And it will be a bust like Ben McLemore. That <laughs> is a possibility. Well, it's But I want a- to see that. Because yeah. guy like... Sorry, and then I'll, I'll finish my rant. Guy, A guy like Gary Trent Jr., which was... A lesser shooter than Griffin mm-hmm. with no defense whatsoever, like no, absolutely no defense, like um, a pike pass, uh, as we used to say on, on our considering team. He is a threat. He is he, letting it fly with basically zero space, and he's playing as a starter in this league. Yeah. Like, there are all the indication, indicators that good, great shooters and Griffin may be better than uh, Harris, better than uh, Duncan Robinson, better than a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. He shot better than all of these guys in college mm-hmm. with high volume. I really don't understand. Yeah. Rant over. Yeah. I feel, I feel similarly about like a guy like Ben Matherin too, who is... Lesser shooter. Much lesser shooter. Like, not not the same as AJ Griffin, but in the sense that like I just have more information about him more than Shaden Sharp, and I feel pretty confident he's going to be a good player. And I like the match of him on the Thunder in particular. You know, he as sophomore put up seventeen five and two and a half assists. He's a very explosive athlete, and that's where he and AJ separate. Like AJ is like better shooting, but uh, Ben is a better athlete and then just like the cutting stuff is like really interesting. And I think he'll be a good enough shooter at the NBA level too, where sure you can project that Shaden is going to be better than both those guys. Um, But I don't know. I mean, this is, this is where you have to like trust the thunder and their processes and say like, you have way information than we could ever gather because this is what they want. Like Shaden's people have decided that what they want to do, their strategy and tactic is to give selective information. Like he's, they said he's not working out for every team in the top 10. Yeah. You know, he's not doing that. He's obviously is going to do that for the thunder, but you wonder like what other teams, like, I mean, if you're just reading into it, they're probably not working out for the Kings. They're probably not working out for the wizards. They may not be working out for the Knicks. You know, those are situations where you can say, you know what, I really would just rather not. Even the Pacers might be a situation where, like, you know what, he's not going to get the burn that he needs. I think the Pistons would be one where you'd be like, yeah, okay, like circle that one. They want a longer rebuild. They want a long runway. They're they're the Thunder without the PR Thunder stuff, essentially. For some reason, they get a pass on like all the tanking stuff, and the Thunder get it get it all. But anyways. Uh, the Pelicans would be another great situation because they don't need him to be good right now. You yeah. Know? Uh, they can afford to have him getting better in the background. Um, the Spurs is just like a no-brainer too. You know, it's just, it's the Spurs. Great. Greg Popovich could be great for him. Um, although they have a, a lot of wings right now. 
and maybe you don't want him there because there's not enough space for him to develop. Because uh, you have to have not only the the good team and the good developmental path for them, but you also have to have the minutes for him, which is like why you can look at Oklahoma City and circle it and say like, hey, they don't have anybody like Shaden Sharp on their team. Like not even one guy that approaches the level of what he could be. Yeah. And there's going to be minutes. There's going to be development. If they have to use the G League, they'll use the G League. If This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's your starting unit if Sharp is picked at 12? Does he start? <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably not. I mean, he hadn't played oh. competitive basketball, man. I mean, Why like the not? most, the most fun. Okay, the most fun. Let's just say most fun. Um, it's Shay, Shaden, Giddy. I don't know whoever at the four. Who cares? Poku. You said most fun. Poku. And Chet. okay, and Chet. 
Wouldn't that be just insanely fun? It could be an absolute train wreck. And that's why... Like, uh, if I would you put have... Dort in a starting unit, to be honest with you. Shea, Dort, Giddy, Sharp, and Chet. Yeah, you could go smaller, certainly. Yeah, uh, I want Giddy to play um, a lot of minutes at the four on, on de- defense. On defense, yeah. I can see that. Um, I'd be surprised if they did that. Because I, I don't know. I would be surprised. I also just want to see the thin towers, you know, with Chet and Poku. Like, give me that. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, I actually think that Poku on defense is much better than the average fan thinks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's... We'll, we'll see. We'll see. My whole, he occupies my, a ton of space with those arms. And this is something that you don't really season. see yeah. in... in like sometimes the best way to defend a guy is not allowing to pass where he wants and not allowing to shoot whenever he wants, and you cannot track those things mm-hmm. yet. And and I think that this is part of us having very little data to understand defense. Um, this is something that I discussed on Twitter a long time ago with Seth Partnow. Um and probably also I talk, when I spoke with him at in Vegas, we discussed it briefly. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you couldn't count those things, like denied passes, denied shots, Mm -hmm. those are not shots that you take and reject or passes that you deflect. Mm -hmm. Those are the moments where you can't do something because the defense is in the right spot and doesn't allow you for that. And you have to go in your your second, third, and fourth read. Um, That is something that I think the length of Poku does because it's not... it's. It's not, um, I think, random that when he's on the court, the defense is better. Yeah. Um, yes, he spent a lot of time with with Kenrich on the court, which helps, of course. Yeah. Um, they just put him think, in advantageous spots toward the end of last season. Like yeah. they would have him guarding players he could guard, or they would have him be like the verticality guy at the rim. Yeah. And those were good spots for him. And to me. Poku's entire career will hinge on this, and it will will know pretty early. Does Poku need the G League? If you're in year three and you need the G League to jumpstart your system, that's the moment where I'll be like, okay, <laughs> like I'm I'm out. <laughs> like he's, this yeah. is this is not this is you can't Caboclo territory. Yes, you can't you can't continue to do this because here's the deal. There's gonna be players to outplay him, and you can't justify playing him over those guys anymore. You know, yeah. if, if Giddy can take spots at the four, Poku, like goodbye minutes for Poku. You know, like they're gonna be gone. Like he's gonna have to earn his minutes this year. He really will. Yeah. And if he needs the G League to jumpstart his season again in year three, then it's just then we're going to have some real problems. I think I think we're going to be entering into some strange territory. He may not need it. He may not need the G League. He may have learned enough, gotten big enough, gotten strong enough to where he doesn't need to go back there. But it's it was concerning. It's it's happened two years in a row. You can justify it in a lot of ways, his age, the weird COVID year. You can talk about a ton of different things with him, but just like facts are facts. Like, does he need the G league? Yes or no. And then we're going to have to really figure out what he is. 
because you enter in, you go through year three and you need the G League. They'll probably keep him around for one more year, but I would just feel a lot less confident in him actually figuring it out in year four. Now, if he doesn't need the G League, he goes through the whole season, he plays like he did at the end of the season, then I think that year four, you're feeling a little bit better. But And, and to be completely honest with you, if today you ask me, do you do the trade again to trade up for him and you pick him in the draft today, I would say yes, still. Because there is still a world like in which packs? he becomes... Sorry? Because you like the Poku packs? Yes, that also. <laughs> uh, and probably because I'm really forgetting who was taken after him in the draft. Jaden which... McDaniels is like the one where you look at you look at Jaden McDaniels and think, okay. like that No, 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 no. He's pretty good. But, yeah, pretty good. Doesn't matter. Let me see. It wasn't a great draft in the 20s. Okay. Uh, we can play a game here. It's called Poku or Blank. Okay. Okay. Um, blank. Oh, sorry. No, that was not. Okay. Uh, Poku or Josh Green? Poku. Poku or Sadiq Bey? And it's a little bit harder, but it doesn't make, like, I don't think that Sadiq Bey is a starter in this league, so let's, let's pick Poku. Poku or Precious Achua? Ah, Poku. Don't like Achua. Too much. Poku or Tyrese Maxey? Well, that's easy, Tyrese. Poku or Zeke Naji? Ah, Poku. Poku or Leandro Bomero? Uh, Leandro may be good in a few years. Still Poku. Poku or RJ Hampton? Ah, Poku. Poku or Emmanuel Quickly? Uh, I am confident that this will sound complete homer. But Emmanuel Quickly is a player that you can start on a team that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I don't love this So Poku. Poku or Peyton Pritchard? Ah, Poku. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, Poku or Yudoka Azubuki? You don't have to answer that one. Like, Poku, Poku, or... by, Poku at the end of the... Like, it's always Poku instead... Unless it's Jane a player McDaniels. that can really start. Jaden McDaniels. For you. He can really start Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, you can, but he doesn't provide you... <sighs> okay, Malachi Flynn, no, Bane. Yeah. Yeah, Bane, yes. I think you're kind of nuts about like Sadiq Bay and even Precious Achua was like way better for the Raptors this year than anything Poku did. Even Zeke Naji like showed a little bit more this year than But him. it's not the point. What's the point? The point is if they pl- those players fully realize themselves, they are good rotation players. Yeah, which you can probably, if you're a KC going forward, you can probably reacquire by spending a few assets here and there. This yeah. is my thinking. Like Peyton Pritchard, I'm not saying that Peyton Pritchard is a worse player than Pokushevsky. Yeah, this is not, not my true. point at all. You can play Peyton Pritchard in the playoffs. You can't play Poku in the playoffs. Yeah, Poku is a swing. Still is. The flashes are very good, mm-hmm. and. When you have flashes and you are seven feet tall with a seven five wingspan, the idea to me is I swing for that. And it's not really the same. Um, there, there is no player that you just described that is much better 
than him in that range. Um, Maxi again, and Bain. Maxi and Bain. But those are certified starters in play of basketball and have still the upside to be better than what they are. Maybe not Bain, but surely Maxi. So Maxi can be an all-star yeah. a year from now. Yeah. You don't... You, you can't say and being like uh, no that 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 is that is obviously the pick and this is why it's not always the swing mm-hmm. but it's the swing compared to like having an average player that doesn't really change the outcome of your team yeah right I under- now I I understand what you're saying I do if you talk to people around the Timberwolves, they would say a lot of these same things about Jaden McDaniels, though. Yeah, it's not they're not wrong, but uh, yeah. it's um, it's it's similar. And, and John John and Kelly loves Jaden McDaniels. Like when we were to, yeah. I was, when I was talking to him about like trade packages for Ben Simmons, he like had a hard time putting Jaden McDaniels in those trade packages. I know they have a high opinion. Uh, offensively, it has to come yet. Yeah. Defensively, he is better than Poku today. Yeah. But I think that Poku has, again, defensive potential and defensive effectiveness. Um, I think that Poku was not put in a position to succeed very often last year. I don't think Um, there was a situation available in the world for him to be a a player that's exciting. Dude, I just... I think that JRE was put in a much better position to succeed than Poku. What's okay? So and, describe to me the situation. We gotta go here soon, but you gotta you gotta describe to me. You gotta you gotta provide the world where how many minutes Pokushevsky played with Kenrich Williams, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and a functional big man. Let's find out. Very little. Yeah. Giddy Shea and Pokushevsky played very little together. JRE played a ton of minutes with them. Basically played a ton of minutes in position where he could succeed so much and it was horrible offensively <laughs> poco didn't have that chance maybe he also it. was not good offensively <laughs> this year yeah it's true i mean and i know it's just easier to defend poku i'm i i fully acknowledge that i just i don't know i he had a rough rough start to yeah. the year like a really really rough start to the year yeah um if he starts, he probably has the same start. I don't know. I, I think that we don't have as many data points as we need with Pokusheski playing with good people around him, good players around him. Well, the problem which also, is there's just not that many good players either. Good passers, good creators. I think that Poku was put in a position where he had to be creator, and this is too hard for him right now. The handle is not tight. Um, other stuff of his game offensively are not at that level. Yeah. And it's not simple for him. It was within a hard place, like basically two years ago. And this helped his development to a degree. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Like, simplifying, even Dort. Like, I struggle with Dort because of the same reason. Like, Here's the possession like, number breakdown. So, for the season, Poku with Josh Giddy and Shea on the court, 58 possessions. Nothing. 20 possessions was the most, and it was Shea, Wiggins, uh, Giddy, Poku, J-Rob, uh, minus 90 
uh, yeah. <laughs> in 20 possessions. Yeah, it's fine. It's not, I mean, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Um, they are a minus, in those 58 possessions, minus 33.6. Um, with, yeah. with just Shea and Poku, let me see what the possessions are. This is on cleaning the glass. 806 possessions total mm-hmm. with Poku and Shea together. That's a lot. That's a good amount. Yeah. Uh, minus 3.1 with That's those not bad. two. And then with Giddy and Poku, sorry, um, this is uh, the peak podcasting right here where I'm sorting, uh, cleaning the glass. Take, as we take Shea. Um, 531 possessions with just Josh and Poku in lineups. They're a minus 12 and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those lineups were not good. Um, can you do one last research for me? Mm-hmm. Just put Kenrich, Shea, and, and Poku. Kenrich, Shea, and Poku. Yeah. Yeah. Man, sometimes you forget that Kenrich Williams is on this team. Mm-hmm. And he's good. Like, he's just legitimately a good basketball player. And it's going to be fun to watch him play basketball again, at least for a minute. Uh, they played 153 possessions together, those three. And they were a minus 13 and a half. Oh, that I didn't expect. Okay. My case is gone. Um, we'll see. I really hope that Poku. I want Poku to be good. There's just, yeah. I really do. I want him to be a yeah. good basketball player. He's just not yet. And he just, he cannot be in the G League. Like, he just can't. No, do it. I agree and with like, that. But Matt Noonan points out that, like, Poku's only five months older than Chet. Yes, that's great. He's also, this will be year three in the NBA. Where yeah. he has had high class everything from weight training to food to people around him. I mean, the caliber of people that, like the team of people that are working so, so hard to make sure that Poku is good, I think it would be astonishing to people for them to understand like the amount of effort and resources and money and everything. I mean, it, it goes down to the nitty gritty with Poku. Like they, they, want to help and control every single aspect of his life so that he can be the best player possible. And it's still very much a work in progress. And maybe it works yeah. out. It'd be that'd be great. I want I want it to work out. People talk about Chet. Like Chet's gonna come into the league and he's gonna be awesome from day one. Possibly. Chet Chet yes. will not see one second in the G League. It won't Let's happen. Hope so. It will not That's happen. Fine. What do you mean? You know. You've watched him yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, I know. That guy will you know, never let, let play in the say, G League. Let I mean, me Josh Giddy never played in the G League. I and we'll never see the G League. I know. Let me say something about Pokoshevsky because I think that my comments can be intended as a in a bad way towards staff or the, the team itself. I'm not saying that what they are doing is worse in terms of development for Pokushevsky compared to what, what I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to say is that the numbers that we are seeing are also a result of putting Baisley, Dort, Poku, not in their ideal roles. Yeah. They are pushing them to do stuff. Oh my gosh. That, sorry, what? Keep going. Keep going. I just have to. I I just got a, a sorted number that blew my mind. But keep going. Okay. Um, 
And so it may very well be that in two years, Poco learns how to do a tons of stuff and and he's insane. And that's because of Degnal developments. Degnal is, he wakes up thinking about Poku's development, which is like why he's the right coach for this team right now. Okay, tell me this. What is the number for Poku, Shea, and Lou Dort? 142 possessions, so it's not a ton, but it's also not like nothing. What's the number? I have no idea. Just guess. Just guess. I don't know. Plus four. Plus 9.7. Yeah. With Shea Dort. I guess that some of... I I scrolled to those lineups data a while ago, and I remember that a good lineup with Pokushevsky was really good. I didn't remember which one was. Shea, Dort, Baisley, Poku, J-Rob. Plus 21.7. I think that if you put Muscala uh, with Poku and Shea, it's great anyway. Poku, Shea... Poku, Shea, Mascala, um, Dort, K-Rich, minus 58. Well, no, I was just saying without Dort, but anyway. Um, uh, without Dort. Okay, let me see. No, that's with Dort. Plus 133. No, none of them. There's no significant. There's only one lineup that has significant possessions, and it's the Shea, Dort, Baisley, Poku, J-Rob. That's the plus 21. Okay. There you have it. Just play him with the starters and you're done. So I'm saying just put chat instead of J Rob and you have like a plus twelve lineup. That's, that's right. It. That's uh that's Let's how you do it. that's how you become the five seed next year. Uh okay. Thanks so much for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. Be sure to come to our draft party June twenty third at Fastler Hall in downtown Oklahoma City. It's gonna be a lovely time. Uh it's gonna be super fun. We're gonna get to see the Thunder take two lottery picks. Two lottery picks. Think about this. The Thunder aren't going to have a draft where they take two lottery picks maybe ever again in the next, like, 10 years. This is it. Don't stay at home. Come hang out with us at Fassler Hall in downtown OKC and be able to discuss it with super fans and hang out all night. It's going to be the best. So the shirt pre-orders will be dropping that night. We will have them on location so if you want to be the first to pre-order the shirts, that will be, I think, the only way to pre-order them to start with will be on location at the draft party. Um, so we will have a shirt about the second pick is why we're waiting to release these. So, um, And we don't know who that's going to be yet. So please uh, come join us at Fassler Hall. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. <laughs>